Oh, good morning, good morning. I got caught adjusting things. I'm glad that you're here this morning. It is great to see you. Um, I just want you to know you're in a safe place to investigate the claims of Christ. Um, we're not going to put you on the spot this morning. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to draw attention to you, so you don't have to worry about that. We won't do that in any way this morning. Uh, in fact, really the only way, the only thing we're going to ask you to do is to participate in what we call the connection card. So we've got some information here that we want to tell you about. Uh, and I want to start though with, uh, if you look at this little worship pack that you were given when you came in, all the information I'm going to be talking about this is also going to be uh, uh, on the screen that you can have access to if you follow this QR code or you use the QR code on the screen, you can get to um, the online version of all of this stuff. And the first thing I, I wanna say is this giving envelope is not there to make you feel pressured to use that at all. That's not why we put it there. We just put it there as a convenience for the folks who came prepared saying, I'm going to use this envelope today. So it's not there to try to trick you into using it, not at all. In fact, if you don't need it today, you can just put it, we have a place where we collect these envelopes and the connection cards, a little piece of luggage back over here and one back over here. And you can place this, whether you need it or not, you can place it in that luggage. And if you didn't need it, we'll recycle it. We'll use it again. So that's where you, that's what you can do with this. Now, something though in here is for everybody and that's what we call the connection card. This is how you let us know um, what information you want to let us know. There's also a place on the back of this card for prayer requests or comments. You can use that uh, as well. And of course, you can use the online version for any of this uh, too. We, can, uh, we really like those. Um, now, the, on the front side of this, it's the information side. So you just give us the information you're comfortable giving us. If you've already given us your contact information, then you don't have to do that again unless you're, you need to update it or change it for some reason. Then you can give us the corrected information. Um, and there's a place for you to mark that, that it's updated. Um, now, I want to promise you that if you're a first or second time guest and you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure I want to give you my information, I promise you we're not going to show up at your house. I promise that. It's, so it's safe to give us, that's in case we actually send you an actual letter that you have to put a stamp on. That's what that's for. Um, but also the, uh, uh, the, the phone number, text message. We love text messaging and we also love email. So if you want to give us that, it'll be safe with us. We won't misuse it. So this is so important to us. Let's take just a moment to begin the process of filling this out. So let's do that right now. As you continue filling that out, you can. That is just fine. You, uh, if you're using the digital version, you, you might wait just a moment before you hit submit. And you might wait till the end of the teaching time because there might be a, a next step you want to take with this. And, so, uh, and if that's the case, you could mark that on the connection card and then hit 
sitting in. So, but I tell you what, I think I've let you know everything that I need to let you know this morning. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you would join me, let's talk to our Heavenly Father this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. And I pray that as we uh, look into your words, your scripture, that you would just speak to our hearts. God, thank you that we don't have to have all of this figured out. That God, your spirit will walk through us for the rest of our lives if we will just simply submit to you and allow that to happen. And over the course of our lives, you will make more and more clear what you want us to understand. And I'm so thankful for that. God, I just pray that as we look at your words, that you would do what only you can do, and that is to change us from the inside out. So it's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen. I want to start off by giving you just kind of a snapshot of what my yesterday was like. So yesterday, I spent most of my day thinking, uh, let's see, what are all the things I need to do? So I started making a list and I started putting them in order. Here's what I need to do. Here's what I need to get done. And I also thought, you know, this is going to take some time. Um, I, I would like to do some things that I just want to do. And so I made sure I got those on my list. And, and well, why, why would I want to do that? Well, pretty much just because I wanted to do those things. And, you know, it was crazy. While I was doing all those things um, that I wanted to do, I started thinking to myself, man, it's, it's starting to get a little bit cool. And, and so I was like, I need to be warmer. And then so I made myself a little warmer. And then it wasn't long after that, I thought, man, I'm too warm. I need to be a little cooler. So I did what I needed to do to get a little cooler. And actually, I began to wonder, I wonder how my Facebook stuff is doing for the church. Because, you know, we're trying to get the word out, trying to get things out there. So I wondered, do we have any likes? Do we have any shares? Do we have any comments? Do we have any tags? And pretty often yesterday, I was thinking about, wow, you know, when I was having a conversation with that person, they really made me feel, you know, like this. You know, not, not, not all that great. And then the more I thought about it, the more I started thinking that, well, you know, I, I don't really like thinking like that. I don't like the way they made me feel. And um, all of that stuff happened pretty much before I got out of bed. <laughs> yeah, and that's how my whole day went, though, too, pretty much. And if I'm to be honest, pretty much that's kind of how my whole week went. And if I'm going to be really honest, that's pretty much how my whole life has gone. From my day's start all the way through to my day's end and everything in between, it's pretty much crammed full of me. And you know, as I'm thinking about it, my life is pretty tough <laughs> because I am in a constant struggle to mold everything around me to make it the way I want it to be. And even people too. I want to mold things and I want to mold people to make them the way I want them to be. And I'm just going to say, Bryce, that is exhausting. Yeah, and I, I'm sure you're not alone because don't we all 
do that. I hope so. <laughs> I, know, I know I do. So at least there's two of us in here. Yeah. And sometimes, and I hope there's more than one of us in here that does this, sometimes we can be very, very aggressive in the way we try to get it done. Are you nodding because you're one of them too? Yeah. Good. There's at least yeah. two of us again. But we become very aggressive. And I find myself when I have a little bit of authority or I feel like I have a little power over somebody, I may bend them to my will or the situation <laughs> to what, how I want it to end up yeah. because that's how I want it to end up. But I think more often than not, we're much more passive and sneaky about the way we do it. We manipulate people and we say things and do things to get the situation to the end we want without them even really knowing that's what we're doing. So we're really sneaky about the way we do it. And let's face it, it's all about me, right? It's about me. Why? Because I want to be happy. Above everything, I want to be happy. Yeah. If you're happy, that's a great secondary yeah. thing. You know, it's a it, side like, benefit. Yeah. If you're happy the way I'm happy, then we're, you know, that's a good thing. But if I'm happy, that's what's important. If Bryce is happy, things are great. And when things are the way I want them, I'm happy. And we think about ourselves and our happiness so much that I think sometimes we think God wants us to be happy the same way we think about happiness. We think that he values our happiness the same way we, we value our happiness. And after all, he came here for me, yeah. right? Yeah. So he surely wants me to be happy. I mean, last week we said God, at just the right time, came to earth to renew his creation, to redeem his creation that was broken, that we broke. I broke it. I broke his creation. He came to redeem it. Therefore, he must want me to be happy on top of all of that. But that leads us towards a very, very dangerous cliff because when it's all about me, not only do I want the world around me to be the way I want it, I want God to be the way I want him to be. I want to manip manipulate God to be the God yeah. that makes me happy because that would make me happy and then I'd be satisfied. But this is the truth we want you to hear today. It's not about me. And unfortunately... It's not about you either. It's not about any of us. Even though I think like that and live like that, that's just not the truth. But that begs the question, why is it not about me? If Jesus came to the earth for me, why in the world would it not be about me? Right. So that's our question this morning, and Chris is going to have that on your screen. If it's not all about me, why? Now, we want to give you the answer right off the bat this morning, just in case you have to leave and um, you just have to run out of here. If your hair's on fire or something and you got to leave, we want you to know why it's not about us. So, But if you'll stick around, we're going to really break this down so that we can understand it. So right off the bat, here's why it's not about us, because it's all about God. And even more than that, if we look in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, we realize this, it's more, more than just being about God, it's about His glory. And we're going to really break that down today. And, and I want to say, when I say it's all about Him, we're talking about everything. Everything. And when I say the word everything, what I really mean by that is everything. <laughs> Every single thing. So don't miss what we're about to say this morning, because... When you hear what I'm getting ready to say, this can sound so bizarre. This one phrase can make us so uncomfortable as we're talking about everything being around him. But I want you to hang on to this phrase throughout this morning because we'll be more comfortable with it by the time we leave. 
But when we say everything, when we say everything's about him and it's not about me, we're even talking about his sacrifice and his death. Yeah, and Paul, he explains it very, very clearly in his church, in his church, in the letter he wrote to the church in Rome. It's in Romans eleven thirty six, and it says, for everything, all of it, and I think sometimes even in our culture, we don't, we've watered down the word love, we've watered down everything. I don't think we understand everything. That's every bit of it. There's nothing we can leave out. Everything comes from him, and everything exists by his power, and everything is in, intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. And let's be clear if we haven't been clear already. <laughs> not some of it, not most of it, all of it is for his glory. And here is a critical piece of truth that we want y'all to leave with today. God is not sharing any of his glory with me. God is not sharing any of his glory with you. God is not sharing any of his glory with anybody else or anything else. God's glory is all his glory. Yeah, and you know, as we hear that, my human side says, that sounds so egotistical. I mean, that sounds like an egomaniac. It sounds selfish. But we need to understand this. Uh, if we were able to dissect God and dissect, which we can't, but if we were able to dissect God and dissect his motives and who he is, there would not be a single layer of God that is not completely love. And so while that sounds egotistical, we just simply don't understand it because every bit of God is perfect love. So it might appear that way, but if we could have the full picture of God, which we can't this side of heaven, if we could, we would understand that it's saturated with love. I want to read that verse again because this is really our springboard today. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and it is intended for his glory. And then Paul ends that by saying, all glory to him forever. And then he ends it in a very, what we expect with a very church way, amen. <laughs> That's what he says. So... We want you to understand what that verse means. And to do that, we're not just going to kind of take a guess at what we think that it means. Um, we're not going to just give you our opinion of here's what Bryce thinks, here's what I think, and so here's where we are today. No, we're not going to give you our opinion, and here's why. Um, because that is the sure way to get it wrong. Because God clearly tells us in the New Covenant that our thoughts are not God's thoughts. So my opinions, they're not God's opinions. My ways, they're not God's ways. So how then, if that's the truth, how do we know what any one verse in Scripture actually means? And this is so important. Here's the principle. We interpret, which means we understand Scripture by using what God has said about that same topic in other places of Scripture. Yeah, and to put it simply, if you're simple-minded like me. Me too. We just interpret Scripture with Scripture. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to explain this one concept by looking at what God has told us about it in other places in His Scripture. And for the rest of our time, this is what we're going to give you, and it's going to be on the screen. The history of the world and God's glory. Yeah. 
from the very beginning of creation, from, from Genesis 1-1 to December of 2021, it can all be summarized like this. I like how you worded that. Did you? Yeah. That's Y'all true. mark that down. <laughs> God created as an outpouring of his glory, and his glory filled the earth. And Psalms 19.1 speaks to that. It says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship. Okay, now I want to share with you something very near and dear to my heart. Look at this picture that, um, that Chris is going to put on the screen for us. All right, this is maybe my happiest place on earth. Um, this, this is just right outside of Miss Pam and Mr. Jesse's cabin. We caught the leaves changing at just the right time this year. And to me, when I look at this creation, when I look at what God has done, what Bryce just read about, that even the heavens proclaim the glory of God and the skies display his craftsmanship, when I look at God's creation, something about that connects me with the divine. In other words, guys, let me say that in a way that makes sense to you guys. Something about God's creation makes me think about God. Isn't that cool? Something about what he has made makes me think about him. And so God created all of this, even all of that, as an outpouring of God's glory. That is so hard to understand. We're really kind of shooting high here today. This is hard for me to grasp. It's all created. But he was so full of glory that everything he created is also filled with his glory. So Bryce got us started on the history of the world and God's grace. And he said that God created as an outpouring of God's glory and glory filled the earth. And here's the next part of that history. Then we tried to steal his glory. <laughs> That's what happened right after, the, right after creation. Paul gives us a picture of what that looks like, us trying to steal God's glory. It's in Philippians, the letter he wrote to the Philippians. Um, and here's what he said in chapter 3, verse 18. Paul says, so I've told you, and now I say again with tears in my eyes, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. And then he describes in verse 19, their end is destruction. Their God, so their end is going to be destruction. Their current God is their stomach, their glory. So here's the glory they're trying to steal from God, but here's how it turns out. Their glory is their shame. They are focused on earthly things. In other words, creation for them did not connect them with the divine. They tried to steal God's glory. Adam and Eve, they tried to steal God's glory in the garden. They looked at the fruit that God said, don't touch. And they said, well, as a matter of fact, yes, I do want that. Because if you read that story, they wanted to be like God. They were stealing his glory. And the same thing happened to the evil one at some point before that. When the evil one got booted off of team God, kicked out of heaven, it's because he had a God complex. He wanted to be like God. He wanted God's power. He said, I want to do what I want to do. And he wanted God's knowledge. 
He said, I, I know better than God. That was the evil one. And he said, I want God's perfection. That's what he said. And basically, all of that together, God's power, God's knowledge, God's perfection, all of that together somehow equals God's glory. And God had it, and the evil one wanted it. Adam and Eve wanted it. And so today, we try to steal God's glory some way every day. And God won't allow us to steal his glory. Not going to happen. He's, he's not going to allow it. And Paul describes that too, also in the letter to the church in Rome, in Romans 1, 21 through 24, starting with 21. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They denied God his glory. Yeah, and he, Paul goes on. He says, and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. So, in other words, they began, they, they tried to turn God into something that was powerless, something that was idiotic. They tried to turn God into a fool or something that was foolish. And here's what he says happened. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise. Instead, they became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and, and silly animals and reptiles. Yeah, and again, they're trying to steal God's glory by saying he's one of these idiotic things. And I know the word idiotic, that's a harsh word. It is. And we live in a world now where you have to be careful what you say. But what really is more idiotic than attempting to worship the creation instead of the creator? It, it makes no sense to do that, but we find ourselves doing it. I don't know a lot of people personally. I mean, honestly, I don't know anybody who worships creation as a deity right now. I know of nobody. I have known some people. Really? But I don't know anyone right now that's yeah, I don't, doing I've that. Never, I, I may have met somebody, but I don't, I don't know it. But I do know this. We all struggle with giving, giving God's glory to something that is unworthy, something other than God. And I know for me, I am a very, very prideful person. And some of y'all might be like, what? I didn't know that. Who knew? I am. I am a very, very prideful person. Someone and, just like elbowed and they're like, I'm glad he's yeah, a Yeah, I'm glad he said it out loud because we've been knowing that for years. Uh, the first step. <laughs> yeah, yeah. G.I. Yeah. Joe. What's he say? I don't know. Uh, what's he say? The, the more you know. Yeah, the, the more, more you, you know. know. Yeah, yeah. And knowing is half the battle. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So I've, I've half the battle, I've got, it, I've got it whooped. But in my past, because of that pride, I have given time and energy and money to glorify myself. I wanted people to think I was successful. I was wealthy. I was pretty cool. I was smart. I wanted people to think that about me through stuff. So ultimately, I was glorifying myself. I wasn't glorifying God. Now, I want to put a little asterisk there. Having stuff's not bad. You can glorify God through stuff. Sure. But I wasn't doing that. I was glorifying myself. I stole God's glory, and I gave it to me instead of God. I glorified myself, and doing so, I essentially tried to de-glorify God. And this is a very, very scary statement I'm about to make, but it is so true. God will not allow us to steal our glory for himself, for ourselves. He will not let it happen. And he will not let us give it to the wrong thing 
any of his glory. Yeah. And as a result, he goes on. Paul says, here's what happened. Verse 24. He said, so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. They tried, you know. They tried to steal his glory, but they did not end up with God's glory. They ended up with shame. So let's recap so far where we have said the history of the world and of God's glory. So God created, and it was all filled and reflected his glory. Okay, that was the first part. We tried to steal it. And then we said the next part was he's not going to allow that. So, But you know what's really interesting about this? and this is going to be on your screen, God and only God can establish and sustain his glory. This is a paradigm shift yes. for me yes. in this thinking. Yes, it's, and you've heard us say, we stole his glory, they stole his glory, but ultimately we're going to see you can't do that. Yeah. We can do it for a moment, I guess, mm -hmm. but ultimately you can't really steal his glory. Yeah, because of this. Yeah, God and only God can establish and sustain his glory. He doesn't even need me for that. Yeah. He doesn't need you for that, honestly. Right. He doesn't need us to establish or sustain his glory. He has perfect glory even if I don't give it to him. If I don't give him the glory for one single thing in my life, he still has perfect glory because it is established and sustained by him. He doesn't need me to bring him glory, and that's something that I have to get through my head. He doesn't, he doesn't need me. And that's what we call a paradox. It's two opposing things, but they're both true. And that's what makes this such a brain teaser yeah i'm created to give him glory but only god sustains his glory they're opposite but they're both true and when we step back and we really start to wrap our head around this it looks like we don't he we don't really even have a role to play in this right and if we haven't made it clear already even when we get in trouble and need a way out that it's all about it's all about god and it's all about his glory yeah, well, and that's what we want to kind of highlight with Isaiah. Um, so we're going to jump into uh, the Old Covenant for just a moment where he really drives this home that everything is about God and it's all about his glory, including every time he rescues his creation, every time he redeems them in any way, which he did a lot of that in the Old Covenant, any time he saves them in any way, it's ultimately about his glory. And so here's how we have this described. So here's how this works. God would tell Isaiah something he wanted said to the people, and then Isaiah would say it. And here's what God is saying in Isaiah 48, verse 9. God said this, I will delay my anger. So he's speaking to all the Israelites. And so it's like, great, Israelites. God, great, thank you. Thank you. You're delaying your anger. God, I'm so grateful for me. You're delaying your anger? No, no. He goes on. He says, for the honor of my name. And I will restrain myself for your benefit. Oh, great. God, thank you. You're going to restrain your anger for me? Oh, God, you're awesome. And then he says, and for my praise. Oh, for you. So that, he says... So as a result of, you will not be destroyed. So that's a head scratcher. So maybe it's like, okay, I'm starting to get it, God. Okay, oh. I understand maybe a little bit more. 
what brings you glory, God. This is what it's all about. But as a byproduct, it also keeps me from being destroyed. Okay. God goes on, verse 10. He says, look, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. So let's ask this question. Why is he refining them as silver through things like uh, tough things, through pain and through suffering? Why is he doing that? And again, he answers that in verse 11. I will act for my own sake, indeed my own. So why? Why for him? Well, for him, everything, and we do mean everything, it is all for his glory. He goes on and says, for how can I be defiled? And the point is this. He can't be. God can't ultimately be defiled. Even if we try to defile God, we can't defile him. Because he says, I will not give my glory to another. Now this sure appears to me to be saying that when God says, even when I save you, redeem you, rescue you, it's for my glory. And as a byproduct, you won't be destroyed. Which he would say is also for my glory. You see the paradox? And it doesn't stop there. He says, when I refine you through painful things or afflictions or hurt, as I refine you, that is also intended for my glory too. And Paul actually talks about that in the New Covenant also in his uh, letter to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 3.18. He says, so all of us who have had the veil removed, now that's those of us who are following Jesus, and through that we're becoming more and more like him and less and less like our old selves. And because of that refinement and that veil is removed, we can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. When he changes us and he rearranges us and he changes our priorities and our lives, we end up looking more and more like him, which ultimately that glorifies him. And this next statement I'm about to make, it stings a little, even for me, but it's something that once you realize it, it's actually kind of liberating, I think. And it is anything good in us, it's not us. Anything good I do, it's not under my power that I did it. It's under God's power that I did it. Anything good that comes out of me, it's, it's from him and for his glory. And ultimately, it's the reflection of his glorious image. And you know, Bryce, I think that it's not just for you, who you're a follower of Jesus. That statement's even true for people that mm -hmm. aren't following Jesus. That's mind-blowing. So here we are, back to this same choice. We can choose, make a choice to reflect his glory. And we can choose to be an active participant in that, a willing 
participant to allow him to change us and rearrange us so that we can reflect his glory. And Paul paints this picture of what a willing participant, what that looks like um, in this letter to the Philippians. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 20. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's kind of this future picture. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body. Now, he's not just talking spiritually here. At this point, he's talking metaphysically. So how does God do this? How does he achieve that? It takes some kind of God-like power. What kind of power? And he tells us, by the power that enables him to subject everything under himself. Now, this phrase, that power, somehow God has a power that can allow him to subject everything he has made to reflect his glory. We're going to come back to that. He has the power that he needs to establish and to sustain his glory. And he allows us, at this season of our lives, he allows us to choose to let him change us personally. And we can choose that. He allows us to say, okay, I'm willing participant, God. I want you to change me to reflect your glory. Or we can make a choice to say, "Mm -mm, God, I want to establish my own glory separate from you, God. I want glory. He gives us that choice. Yeah, so the question is, how do we establish our own glory? And ultimately, every time we sin, we're attempting to glorify ourselves and not God. And I think we have to be real real careful because when I say the word sin, I know in my mind, I go to lying, cheating, stealing. But we also can sin, I know I've done it, through serving others because I'm doing it to glorify myself, not to glorify God. I'm saying, hey, look at me and what I'm doing. Yeah. And I've stolen his glory by doing that. So we have to be really, really careful. And I shared with you all, I have a pride problem. I'm going to be honest with you, and I might not share this, but every time I step up here, I have to check myself. Right. Because I don't want to be up here to glorify myself. I want to make sure what I do glorifies God. And I have to check myself before I step up here. That's with a- anybody. So it's not just me. No, anybody who presents truth or who sings truth or who anyone involved in that. Absolutely, good point. So we have a huge, huge problem. Crossing God means we need the cross. We've got to have the cross. Colossians 2, 13 through 14 speaks to that. And it says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. And here comes God's power again. Then God made you alive with Christ for He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. God won't forever just put up with us trying to glorify ourselves. So that leads us to this next point in um, the whole history of the world, God's glory. So you just said he's not, he'll put up with it for a while, but he's not going to forever let us try to steal it. Ultimately, here's the next point. God won't stand for it. So, he died for the sins of the world, for his glory. 
Now, Peter describes this collision of my sin and the sins of the world with God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Talking about Jesus, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. I wish we had time to break all this down. We're just going to let it speak for itself right now. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. And today, for now, he puts up with us glorifying ourselves from time to time, but not forever. God describes a time where he will allow it no more. And using his power, there will be a time that every created being from the first to the last, from atheist to Christ follower, they will all submit to and glorify God. Everybody will ultimately do it, whether they want to or not. And that's that power we talked about just a moment ago, that power to make all creation do that. Yeah. And Philippians 2, 10 through 11 says this, that at the name of Jesus, there's that word again, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Make no mistake about it. He came for me, but it's not about me. And there's the proof. It's right there in God's word. We just read it through his scripture. Everything he does, including saving me, is for his glory. But again, we hear that, and it's absolutely true, but we can't get confused because he is perfect, and God is described as perfect, perfect love. And that perfect love allows us time, and it's just a certain amount of time. It's an unknown amount of time, and it's different amounts of time for different people. And God's in charge of that, not me. It's an amount of time that is allotted for us to get in line with God's plan. This plan, by the way, this plan which is about bringing him glory. And it's a plan, a byproduct here, that keeps me from being destroyed. And one day, as Bryce said, one day, we will all, every single part of creation will bring him glory. It's going to happen one of two ways. Either through our submission to him and our worship of him. Or it's going to happen through our submission and eternal separation from God. Here's that verse again. At the name of Jesus, this time coming in the future when he says, no more. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why? All to the glory of God the Father. Now God is perfect love. Perfect love. And he desires that we submit to him right now of our own choosing to submit to him and to give him glory now and all the way into and through eternity. But there's another option. He prefers us submit to him. But the other option is this, that we submit to him after it's too late, the point at which it's too late. 
and that will be the point when it's God's power that is forcing everything to be submitted. And that type of submission leads to an eternal separation from God. Yeah, and you see, our bottom line statement is this. Yes, he came for me, but it's not about me. It's not about me being happy the way that I think about being happy. God's not up there just going, oh, I wish, really wish I could make Bryce happy today. That's not, that's not God. He's not, right. It's not concerned about my happiness. It's about his glory. And God's kind of happy. Here's, here's what I really like. Yeah. God's kind of happy can happen no matter the situation I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter what, what's going on, what we're going through. Um, when my life, which includes my thoughts, my actions, my behaviors, when all of that together is bringing God's glo- God glory, then what I'm experiencing is God's kind of happy. That's the kind of happy he wants to give me. That's the kind of happy he wants me to have. And no matter what circumstance I'm in, no matter what's happening around me in this broken world, that's the kind of happy that only he can provide. And honestly, it's a kind of happy that you can't understand if you're not connected to God and in the process of allowing him to use your life to bring glory to him. Because apart from God, there is no real, no lasting, no true happiness. Because apart from him, we're all working for our own glory. So the bottom line again, he came for me, but it's not about me. God's plan is not to make Harley happy the way I naturally think I want to be happy. He died to make me holy. Mm-hmm which him making me holy glorifies him, not me. Only him. Which in turn, I experience his kind of happy. And that makes me think, it just came to my mind, you may have seen a Rick Warren quote, and it's something along these lines of, God doesn't want me happy, he wants me holy. Right. And that's, yeah. I think that's what we really have to grasp and the, the point we're trying to make. Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do your good work, but make sure it's God doing it through you. Let people see it, and it will glorify God. Yeah. And when my life reflects his image of holiness, my life brings him glory. And Harley, when that's happening, that's the happiest I ever am. Yeah. That's when it doesn't matter what's going on around me. That is when I find that happiness and that joy that we're all, that we're all looking for. He came for me, but it's not all about me. You know what? It never was about me. It was all about his glory. What doesn't reflect and reveal his glory will not be with him in eternity. There's another quote I thought of when I was looking at this, and it's a Denzel Washington quote. He says, you never see a hearse with a U-Haul behind it. (laughs) That's because all this stuff we're accumulating here, all this stuff we're worried about, we can't take it with us. We can't take it with us. It will not be with us in eternity because it is all about him. Yeah. He came for me, but it's not about me. It's about his glory. And that is such a great paradox. I want, I want to say it again. He came for me. Everything we said last week is true. He came for me, 
But everything we're saying this week is true. But it's not about me. And the paradox is this. He came for me, but it's not about me. But the paradox also is, well, but it kind of is about me. But only so that my life will reflect his glory, which is not about me. There's the paradox. 1 Corinthians says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And this is where we end today. We have a few questions that we want to ask this morning for you to think about today and think about into this week. This is today we are teaching for a change of perspective in our thinking. So here are the three questions. Think about these. Number one, am I reflecting his glory more and more and more? So it's ever increasing. Does that say, okay, from this point, Harley never messes up? No, it doesn't say that. But we're in the process more and more and more. And I fall, but we get back up more and more and more. Am I reflecting his glory more and more and more? Here's the second option. Or am I stuck in life and not really changing? And I would say, honestly, that really can never happen. We can be stuck, but we're always changing. We are either becoming more and more and more like him, or we are becoming less and less mm -hmm. and less like him. So there is change, it's just in the wrong direction. But the question stands, am I stuck, not really changing? Or, here's another option. This one, can really be a wide net and pick up a whole lot of us, myself included. Do I look back at another time in my life and say, you know, back then, I was closer to God. I, I, back then, I was living more for him than I am today. I hope we'll take those questions. I want to read them one more time. And these are the questions that I hope we will take with us and we will wrestle with this week under the understanding of he came for me, but it's not about me. Am I reflecting his glory more and more? Or am I stuck and not really changing? Or do I look back to another time and say, I was closer to God back then, living more for him back then? Let's pray. Father, I ask you to forgive me and any of my friends who may be echoing this prayer as well. Forgive us for trying to steal your glory, for choosing our own way over your way. God, we ask you to forgive us. God, I have a desire that you change me and you change my desires. And God, I ask that you do that. That you be in the process of changing me and rearranging me. God, I want to think more like you and I want to speak more like you and I want to act more like you. But the only purpose of that 
would be, God, to reflect your glory more and more. And God, I I would ask, would you help me and my friends somehow come up with a way this week to remember to do that moment by moment? Whether we set alarms, silent alarms on our phone, whether we put sticky notes by our computers or in our cars, help us to have a way to remember that we are here to reflect your glory. That you came for us. But it's not about us. Jesus, please make this so in our lives. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.